Hey, this is Blockhead, and you're listening to the Cabbages Hip Hop Podcast, where they watch terrible movies. critic and I write a twice weekly hip hop news that are called cabbages which you can subscribe to for free at cabbageshiphop.com joining me as always is my sporty spiced co-host music industry insider Jeffrey Lachlan now currently the podcast is dedicated to what we're calling rapper movie season we're discussing films where rappers are in front of the camera and or behind the camera and we've got some great guests joining us along the way and so today we'll be talking about LL Cool J in Rollerball 2002's extreme sports action flick that the New York Times called, quote, a well-intentioned, though heavy-handed, assault on capitalism. We'll get into the show in just a minute. But please, if you're listening and you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the podcast, wherever you get your podcasts from. If you can, rate the show five stars, write a review. We'd be hugely grateful for that. All right. Enjoy the show. Yes, Jeff. Gary. Yes? Why did we watch Rollerball? Well, Jeff, we decided we were moving away from the bad movie battle theme of last season. And, uh, but we didn't, in a way. But we, we did end up watching <laughs> a bad watch, movie in the process. I, I want to take this opportunity to clarify. Rollerball. We did make Blockhead, one of our musical heroes, hmm. watch Rollerball. And... When we booked him, we didn't tell him what movie it was going to be. We hadn't decided yet. He's going to be mad. I don't think he's going to be thrilled with this. I think we got ourselves a mad boy. So, I just... Prove us wrong, Blockhead. Prove Prove us us wrong. wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to take a moment and sort of explain what our actual purpose is this season. Hmm. We are trying to kind of explore this vast cinematic canon of rapper movies. Rappers in front of the camera, rap in behind the camera, you know, and it, and, all sorts and, of ways in which hip hop has become presented on screen about with where rappers are either acting or they're rapping on screen or there's some sort of way fair, in which you do it. Ladies love cool James. That's something they do. you know. Ladies love cool James starring in a movie directed by the diehard guy did sound fun. Right. Like knowing it's nothing about guy, it, you know? knowing nothing the about it going guy. in. Yeah. The guy who did like all these big movies, yeah. knowing nothing about it going in, just on surface, it's just like, okay, I might've just missed this film. It came out in you know, February totally. of 2002, which is the, when you basically leave movies to die, you know? Yeah. So like maybe I'm not saying we were expecting to watch like an unsung classic, but I thought maybe we were going to go see something more entertaining right. that just didn't really get traction at the time that sort of had some weirdness to it. Because we've seen like enough movies that are like uh-huh. good, bad movies or, you know, good B, like B movies, sure. just like B movies that you enjoy. I thought we were maybe going to get that with this, you know, the sort of extreme sports yeah. XFL sort of thing we, mixed yeah, in yeah. with, you know, a kind of an action-y sort of subplot. But the, um, the the general point being, and I just want to make sure I hammer this home mm-hmm. as we continue this season. Yeah. 
We're not choosing bad movies. No, not, not intentionally. Purpose. Not intentionally. This happened, but we're we got to bounce back. We're we're gonna have to formulate a plan and bounce back for the next episode. Yeah, Let's our next movie can't be this. Something sick. Yeah, yeah. Especially uh, if we're gonna be bringing guests back onto this. I mean, I think uh, people sort of know ripper, the deal man. now, and I, I'm worried that people are gonna think that we only bring people on. Only bring guests to torture them. To, we're torture, to torture and punish them. No, torturing are like, like these people take their time and talk to us, and we're presenting them with viciously bad art. That's so after after we talk to Blockhead about this, which I'm thrilled to have him on the show. Oh, absolutely. Unfortunately, to talk about this this movie, um, let's let's reconvene you and me and figure out something that we think actually has a shot at being a good enjoyable film for the next one because i i can't i can't i can't do rollerball again you had me at whatever you started that phrase with good let's do that we've got a plan we've got a plan about my own mic (laughs) we'll be right back All right, our guest today needs no introduction, but if I don't tell you who it is, then you won't know who it is, and that will get really confusing. You know him from albums on Ninja Tune, Backwoods Studios, Def Jokes, and Mush. You've heard his collabs with Billy Woods, Asap Rock, and Elliot Lip, to name but a few. He's got the vinyl edition of Garbology's Instrumentals coming out, plus three remixes of Asap Rock's older songs, too. Please welcome none other than Blockhead to the show. Hello, and thanks for being here, ma'am. My pleasure. My Thank pleasure. You. We are here to talk about uh, a movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have kicked off our uh, rapper movie season, mm-hmm. and we are thrilled uh, after having done what we called a bad movie battle, where we only exclusively watched bad movies back and forth to see who could pick the best bad movies. And so we felt like we were ready to move on past that. Unfortunately, we picked Rollerball, which could have definitely been in that in the running for any bad movie contest. I feel like. Yeah, uh, 3% on Rotten Tomatoes. Gener- that's a generous 3%. <laughs> Extraordinary box office bomb. It's like a $70 million budget, and it makes like less than 20 at the box office. Like 19, 19. barely 19, barely 19. 19. W- would you say this was the Chris Klein career ender? Or what um, did he stop after this? No, there were more American Pie movies, I think. Oh, okay, this. but so as far as like him being an action guy? One and done. I mean, it no, no. Done. No, and really, like, like the main star of anything. I this mean, was post-election. Yeah, post-election was nineteen ninety-nine. Then uh, American right. Pie. So that's both nineteen ninety-nine. Great no, direction from comedy. There's nothing after this that's like starring Chris. He was in Just Friends, and he's kind of funny in Just Friends. Yeah, I mean that's more uh, like oh, what was Brian yeah. Reynolds and yeah. um, he like the asshole nice guy. The, yeah, yeah, the fat suit uh, thing. That's. Yeah. I think he's he's really only good at when he play when he's like uh, like doe-eyed moron. Funny guy. Yeah. Like, cool, tough guy. No. Did a Tubi week where I only watched stuff on Tubi. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, I was trapped in my buddy's basement taking care of a cat that kept attacking me. So I'm cat sitting. I watched Just Friends. And at some point, it was like 2.30 in the morning when this thing ended. And I had to go on like a two-hour walk. I was so disgusted with the movie. With Just Friends? I was really mad at I like it. Just I was Friends. really <laughs> mad at that movie for some reason. 
Just, as I don't know, maybe it was just because it was the end of Tubi week and I've been doing this oh, myself okay. for like eight days. <laughs> You're just beating yourself down. It was also the week we had to watch Cats twice for the for the podcast. Ooh. Ooh, oh, yeah, we did Cats. We did Cats. Oh, yeah. Okay. Never I have I ever. Week. Was there ever a cat so clever <laughs> oh, stop, as Magical Mr. Okay. Mistopheles? So Rollerball. Roller I watched Cats too. You did? On, okay. On cable because I was I wanted to like see how mad it made me. Yeah, how mad did it make it? It worked pretty bad. I, I, like, I got about 45 minutes in and I was like, I, I have to stop. Yeah, we did yeah. it twice. It yeah, my, my wife made me watch it. Welcome She's like, this podcast. is so bad. Welcome to hell. Welcome to hell. I mean, that got a higher rating back. than Rollerball, though, didn't it? It well, did. Cats does oh. have a higher rotten yeah, rating than Yeah, it's got songs, you know? It's got dancing. Taylor Swift's in it. It's yeah. got um, Idris Elba. To be Kit fair, better production quality. Rollerball has songs. Rollerball's got tracks. It's, it's got a lot of tracks. It's got tracks. Weirdly, weirdly, no LL Cool J songs though. None. No. And no hip hop, pretty much whatsoever no. in there, unless you count there's, like sort of rap rock, right? There's a lot of rap rock. A lot, like whoever did the the music supervision definitely had like frosted tips and like clothing with flames on it. Yeah, there's it's like a, DJ Ashba, right? Green Day Ashba. song credited in the credits. They say that they had a a Green Day song in there. I never heard it. Mm. I never heard anything but like. Heavily distorted, dark rap rock guitar. It sucked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not a big fan of rap rock over here. Oh, man. I, they should put that on the cover. I, I truly can't think of a, a worse genre of music than rap rock. <laughs> but it it fit this film. Oh, this movie was this rap film rock. Beautifully. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's the one thing I'll credit it is that yeah. I think, though I'm not a big fan of the mm-hmm of the soundtrack mm. it is a spot-on interpretation of what we're seeing on the screen tonally it's perfect it's definitely what they would have been jamming in kazakhstan in 2005 <laughs> right. right definitely or mongolia and morsel mongolia let's be clear yeah <laughs> well should we just jump into this shit what are... I, I thought we were i thought this is i mean i don't know where, what's the opening what were the rules like... who are the rules of rollerball the rules of uh, rollerball? okay do you know Wait. how rollerball works all right so hey, we watched a movie about a sport I wrote I those, those notes about this because okay. I couldn't remember. Uh, the sport reminds me of when I watched cricket in London for three hours. Mm. And when I turned it off, I still had no idea what the fuck was going no idea. on. And like mm. rollerball makes no sense. None. None. It it was so absurd. <laughs> there's motorcycles. So there's rollerblades, which right. is like inherently, even at that point, rollerblades kind of had peaked. <laughs> you know what I mean? They were never cool, but they were already like really uncool by then. <laughs> But it's also, this is also in a movie where your introductory scene is street losing. So, like, at the same time, like, their idea of what an extreme sport is is already a little muddled. I would have rather watched the street losing. This is the thing is that, like, the street luge sequence, Gary and I watch apart, but talk through the first viewing Mm -hmm. of the movie a lot. And we were both like, this is really absurd and stupid, but it kind of rules. Yeah. Like it's wild action, you know, you're in San Francisco with beautiful yeah. shots of him rolling down this giant, mm-hmm. giant hill. Yeah. Probably in like Russian Hill or something. And it's absolutely awesome. And for no reason, a person from way back in his past just like literally scoops him <laughs> up off of the thing in the street and is like, come to Kazakhstan with me. <laughs> There's a new rollerball league forming up. And they're I leave tonight at nine o'clock. I leave, I leave tonight. tonight. Nine o'clock tonight. <laughs> it was also like five a.m. in San Francisco. It, like it was like dusk. It, I mean, not even dusk. Yeah. It was like the sun was rising because it was so late. 
or my early favorite coming. my favorite part i think of maybe the entire film okay. is him walking away from that meeting with ll cool j which lasted i guess like 45 seconds mm-hmm. uh and we learned a lot <laughs> they were they played football together rollerball exists ladies love cool james's car is really wonderful mm-hmm. uh and i guess maybe that's it but his decision making process he walks away from that meeting he like kind of ducks out behind where some cops are and he's looking at the cops and the cops are actively not figuring out that he is standing directly across the street from them while they're holding a flyer with his face on it you know what i'm saying like they're mm-hmm. like hey yeah. have you guys seen this guy and he's across the street and he's like i got to get out of this city man it was time <laughs> It's time to leave because no one knew anything walk. about him. Yeah. And does that backwards walk away backwards that walk. is totally not conspicuous at all? Just the, <laughs> the most conspicuous thing you um, can do. If you ever want a cop to fuck with you, just put your hands in the air and back away and be like, <laughs> you don't see me. You can't see me. <laughs> not, <laughs> just not keep away. <laughs> oh, God. It, we were in for it from there. I really actually, I again, I enjoyed the luge sequence at the beginning. I thought that was fun. And it, it threw kind of, a guy it, through a fucking plate glass window. It was sick. That was, it was my first was laugh so of the movie. My yeah. first laugh of the movie is like, what was that? Watching I don't it. even remember that. I, I, so I, the I, other guy he's racing with. Yeah. Oh, right, 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 right. He like tosses him into a car and he goes through a window. And I yelled, Sulia! And like really <laughs> believed that there were going to be so many moments like that through this film. Really yeah. the only fun action sequence that isn't just a bloody mess there's the other there's another action sequence which is the weirdest action sequence i've ever seen in my mm-hmm. life and they made choices we'll get to that obviously yeah no like, let's, let's go was, we don't need to be okay. chronological yeah no, oh, no, no. okay the the action scene that was enti- shot entirely in night vision mm-hmm. and it's so long reason. why <laughs> it's so i'm like it's the one thing of actual like guns you know, and or, I mean, I guess it is, but but uh, like to do that in night vision was such a weird creative choice, <laughs> and I feel yeah. like they're saving money, and they literally right. like, don't want to light exactly this. what that was. We don't want to light this. Let's do a a fifteen minute scene in night vision, and it's like and it will look like crazy shit. crucial. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. the movie hinges on it, and we don't even see what kind of cars people are driving. No. We no. can't it's, see it's anything. That that to me that was the part where I was like. Up until that point, I was like, this movie really sucks. And then that happened. I was like, oh, this is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. <laughs> and that 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 stuff and how uh, and there were all these janky cuts mm, where yes, clearly yeah. they're cutting around how bad an actor uh, Chris Klein is. Uh-huh. Like it would just cut. It'd be like he'd be giving a speech and there'd be an obvious cut and the speech would go on. And it wasn't like a Michael Mann cut you know it was like a a terrible it was like like, a yo we got to put something here do you have a shot of the locker room from earlier oh god (laughs) but there wasn't even like a break to to break it up it was like just a bad like the face would just move three inches and then Mm. you keep talking saying the same sentence no totally weird i have a question about the locker room unisex the unisex locker room (laughs) i have a question about very progressive very is it smart to have like the showering and steaming areas in the same general vicinity as your replay machines, <laughs> your video replay machines. Good idea, bad idea. Just that, testing the audience here. <laughs> what do you guys think? I mean, maybe they had limited space and they just needed to crack. <laughs> it's the locker room scene is so 
so abhorrent in every way. Nothing made sense in this movie. No. Like, like when he goes back to uh, bang Romaine's yeah. character. By the way, never she's never looked better. I, I gotta say Thumbs that. Up. This is uh, peak she, Rebecca Romaine. This yeah. is yeah. Rebecca like, Romaine, like insanely right after X Men. Right after X Men. In charge. I've never, I've never like. I mean, she's she's beautiful, obviously, but I, she's never been like someone I was like. No, totally. I love her, but like that dark hair. She looked, she looked amazing. Yeah, that's she was, the, she was the only good thing in this movie. <laughs> my favorite, maybe my favorite line in the whole thing is when they're like nude and laying together, and Chris Klein's pillow talk is to say. The the problems with your face isn't that bad. <laughs> oh, that's, he does. Say he that. says that shit out loud. That's a line in the film, not you, edited out. No. Do, do you guys? Your think face that, isn't uh, even that bad. <laughs> Chris Chris Klein is such an interesting actor. <laughs> is because, he? Is he? No, though? I mean, like, I mean, in the sense that he exists, that it's interesting oh. that he now exists. Like he always kind of looks. Like he has this like very like gullible sweet look to him. Like he's like the guy that gets like tricked in a gay porn or something like that. And like he and he's just like always a, but he can't be a fucking like tough guy. No, like it doesn't no. work at all. Or like a, yeah. a guy with heart. He's such a bizarre choice for casting in this. And of course, he's not the first choice for this movie. Who, who the, was the the first choice for this movie was Keanu Reeves. And that's because Rollerball is one of the original, the James Conn original is one yeah. of his favorite movies of all time. God. And I, well, so I can tell you he right dodged, there he why this he one. didn't do it. Yeah. You read the script? <laughs> right. <laughs> if, if what we saw was anything like the script, it's like written by AI two years ago. Well, the thing is the first script, the first script is not what we saw. The first script was actually apparently quite good. Anybody, number of people who have read the first wow. original script said like this was great. Then the director John McTiernan got in there and decided to make a very different kind of movie. One of the key things he wanted to do in this film was to make sure that we saw a lot of the game of rollerball, which is why there's so many matches we see. And because rollerball is such a nonsense game and not particularly fun to watch. Unless you are a Kazakhstani uh, minor, but there's only like three <laughs> games in the whole sequence. I mean, it's it's basically roller derby, but with like jumping weapons and stuff, and weapons, yeah, yeah. And, and weapons, and, and, and motorcycles that like you can somehow see through. <laughs> so the I watched the original, or at least I watched a great much, like a giant portion of the original, probably about an hour and a half mm -hmm. before I realized there was another half hour. Oh yeah, that one's like a full. That one's it's like two a, the original like hours, long, right? Like you you couldn't just finish hours. it. <laughs> I just was so bored with the concept of rollerball at that yeah. point because we watch every movie twice. Yes. So I just watched yeah. rollerball twice and was like, "Well, I'm going to bed anyway. I may as well just like put it on." And it's pretty fascinating. Is it good? And apparently, the original script for this was a lot more like that movie. Yeah. This this, this was. Is this director? What is? What else has he done? So this director Die Hard. is Die Hard. Did, Die did, Hard. No, I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell you what movies he did because I wrote down the list is like is Die Hard. Just, you would you would kill to be it's in this movie the if you knew nothing about it. Yeah. Right. Predator. Wow. Die Hard. The Hunt for Red October. Die Hard with a Vengeance. Last Action Hero and the Thomas Crown Affair. So slammers. Slammers only club, and yeah. then he's like rollerball. Did he Game make anything over. after this? He went to jail for this movie. Well, well, what? that we'll get to that in a sec. This so okay. he made one more movie after this, and it's yeah. uh the movie Basic, 
which is starring I, John I Travolta and Samuel L. Jackson. And one thing when Billy Woods was on the show, Billy Woods said that if you ever see a movie's cast, it includes John Travolta and Samuel L. Jackson, and that movie is not, Pulp, not Pulp Fiction, Fiction, you're about to see the worst movie of your fucking life. <laughs> And Basic is a truly atrocious movie, but it's actually Rollerball that killed this director's career. And not because it went over budget, not because it was a flop, but because he was having such of an issue with the producers of this movie that he hired a private detective to wiretap the producers, which resulted in – you may have heard the name uh, Anthony Pelicano before, a big Hollywood scandal of like celebrity wiretapping this guy was involved in. So John McTiernan – who wiretap? Who basically hired this guy to wiretap? Uh, caught a federal case, and basically spent yeah. the next like eight years fighting the case. Ultimately, went to uh, you know, federal prison for a year, uh-huh. and then surprise, surprise, no one really wants to hire the guy who wiretapped a uh, wow. producer to make more movies. Right. Producers won't produce things if they feel like they're being spied on. This, this is <laughs> a rare just... case, though, of like to, of probably like on a creative level, the producers being right. Yes. And- director being the one who's, who fucks everything up because usually it's like the producers being like let's make this you know like, i was thinking about this too because you know? if you look at the arc of this the career of this human being rollerball is a wild outlier i haven't seen basic so maybe it's not oh basic is it basics is, is is not good. but like this movie compared to what we just just named is just like a polar opposite of a film no well, story like, yeah no good action it's just a bloody, stupid mess. There are several scenes where guns just go off near people and <laughs> they're just like, look, and it's the club. What are you going to do? Like, we just got shot at. What can you do, man? Like, whatever. Is it kind of like Walter? You know how Walter Hill's later movies were just like, what happened to Walter Hill? Kind of, yes. You know? Like, Maybe. It's a, it's a thing like that. Like, he had so many good movies early on. And then after that, it's like, yo, you did you forget how to make movies? Like, what yeah. Happened to you? Something yeah, like he a, must have been like going brain through disease or something. This the, I have more questions if that's <laughs> yeah, okay. there's a lot of questions. Okay. But Bef- yeah. before we get into the questions, I, okay. I think because we are we did pick this ostensibly because we were saying this is a movie starring a rapper. Yes, yeah. We've talked a lot about Chris Klein, we've had mm-hmm. some very nice words for Rebecca Romaine. Yes. Um, but you know, this is for, for LL Cool J. This is an interesting time. You know, basically he had Halloween H2O, Deep Blue Sea, uh, he'd done any given Stinger. Sunday. Stinkers, you know, except for that. I mean, mostly stinkers. I mean, look, uh, any given Sunday is is, is any, really any given Sunday is the the the, the one. Oh, he was in People toys. See, is at least funny. Well, toys, yes, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, we were talking about toys during this movie. I was like, I wish we had just chosen toys. I haven't seen LL Cool J's representation here. What's your favorite part of toys with him? You asking me? Yes, sure. I mean, oh, he said he yeah, hadn't man. seen it, so I'm asking it's you. Abs- oh, it's I've seen this movie a billion times. It's absolutely when he sits down and complains about his meal. And he's like, I'm a military man. I like a military meal. I hate it when my food touches. He's very upset about it. And it's a real thing. People get really mad when their food touches. I know people like that. You're not supposed to mix cream corn and green beans. I mean, you you want to be like that. I guess, yeah. So how familiar were you uh, with these other LL Cool J movies and other acting roles kind of prior to watching uh, Ray I mean, I'd seen, I've seen any given Sunday. I've seen, uh, 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 my hat is like a shark's fin, which, which also is a, a hilariously bad movie. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, but that one is actually entertainingly bad. This was not entertaining and it was bad. 
Like, you know what I mean? Like it was, sure. it was so bad. It was like, it was like, you, you know, like, like when, uh, when like indie movies are kind of like convoluted and confusing and you, and, and they're kind of a, you know, you don't really know what's going on. This was like that, but it wasn't an indie movie trying to have it say anything. It just made no sense. <laughs> yeah. No. And it was, yeah. I just, there's so many points of contention. You can bring up so many points oh. of, of dialogue that you can bring up and say, what was this? Maybe the most jarring point in the film wasn't a violent point. It wasn't when they uh, be essentially killed the guy at the beginning of the end of the first game. Mm -hmm. a, mm -hmm. I, Which made no I, sense. I don't know how to describe what the, what the affliction was with this human being, but like they were going for, this was a very simple human being. Yes. And got smashed. At very least, he had a learning disability of some sort. Right, and got smashed over the head on purpose. With that's how we're introducing the sport of rollerball. But why? Why is there a, a special needs person playing rollerball professionally? The, well, the reason why that person's there, and I guess he was more of a mascot than anything else in terms of how they right. set him up. But he exists in the film to make Chris Klein seem less like a douchey American because right. he's nice to the guy. Right. And so now we're supposed to, oh, that's our mm, moment of being like, oh, our protagonist. Yeah, yeah. You're the hero of this film, as opposed to LL Cool J, who sort of is framed. Meanwhile, as, the rest of his team is like, you're a, you're an asshole. Yeah. We all hate you. Because he's making until, a hundred times more until money. Until it's than time them. for you to flee the country. Then we put together a like ridiculous sum of money for you. <laughs> I could barely tell what team like, was which. This guy. Yes. Yeah. Like, there's well, a guy on his team that I, that, that he was like, I thought he had beef with, and they were at the club and the friends. But do you know yeah. why that is? Because the director, John McTiernan, reused many of those same actors to play the other players on the other teams. Fuck up. So you're just seeing the same bodies moving around <laughs> same in different faces. outfits. Yeah. Same faces in those cases if you're watching closely enough. So yeah, you're going to get fucking blind watching this movie because it is really the same people being yeah. recycled. Rotate. Was their budget like eight hundred dollars? Like, what? Why would they not be able to fill these? Little... They had so they had seventy million dollars. It's so much money. They spent it all on rollerblades. That's a blank <laughs> check for ninety nine point nine percent of the population. And like, <sighs> given the actors who are in it, it's not like they had like a Tom Cruise level actor in this. They didn't have somebody they needed to pay. I have to pay you twenty five million dollars to be here. Like, they didn't have somebody like that. Chris right. Klein was not making that kind of money. As the lead in this, LL Cool J. I just told you all of his movies up to yeah, that yeah. stage. Like it's not making big money. Rebecca Romaine was the only one who'd been in a blockbuster, a true like hit blockbuster, the first X Men movie, and I think she probably commanded something, but it wasn't yeah. far enough away from it where she really could, you know, hadn't completed the trilogy. So the point being is, it's like they spent money on a lot of things that are not uh, that don't really translate on the screen, and it makes yeah. me I have to go back to the green screen because they're is a reason why they're shot in green screen the, you mean the night vision or the, the green night screen? vision the night, night vision green yeah. shot? okay why yeah please there's a reason so they shot that scene like a regular scene yeah and they shot it at night and apparently it was unusable it was so dark the way it was shot that you couldn't see the action and when they put this for in front of a test audience in i think the spring of 2001 audiences hated this movie and so they had to go back and do reshoots and they had not much budget to work with the solution was to do this fake night vision wow version of that whatever the other thing was it was better i know sure. that the test audiences hated it yeah but you know i bet they hated this too 
It, it could have just been it. like pitch black and it would have been equally. Why were there multiple, like they sent multiple waves of things at these guys and then were just like set up to kill. And also the, the, the guy, when he shoots LL. Yeah. That's an yeah. amazing shot. He did that yeah, from like 7,000 yards away. <laughs> like, it was like, that like, is a brutal kill shot. Yeah. It's really, it's he's He's good. He's good. These guys are good. <laughs> It's and it's the first time that you believe these guys can do much of anything. It's like, wow, you can really do that. Well, maybe these guys really do have power, like true power. I mean, I was confused just by who was what and who was a good guy, who was a bad guy. Like everyone just seemed like it just seemed like they're winging it the entire time. You know, mm-hmm. like yeah, when the announcer, sure. the guy, uh, the the announcer guy, Paulie Dangerously, the guy used to be in wrestling, Paulie Dangerously. He still is. I don't know <laughs> what his real name is. I I just know Paul Paulie Dangerously. What's it? Yep. It's Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman. Yeah. Like, yeah. I thought he was going to be a bad guy. And then at the end, he's like, this is terrible. And I was like, oh. But also, he, he just wasn't a, any kind. Of, he wasn't a guy. Nothing. No. What did we need to? Uh, the only thing we needed to know was him being as confused as we were when things <laughs> happened. Yeah. Throughout the film, he was like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> why are they doing this? And like, why are you? First of all, you need to tell me why they're doing this. That's your whole point in the movie. Why, why do you keep asking me? I was a little disturbed by his like, character. He, bro- he broke down the rules. He also showed him lighting a joint he and did. drinking while he was doing yeah. a broadcast. Well, I mean, you know, he's in he's in like... Wait, aren't you doing that, Jeff? <laughs> what? Aren't you doing that exact same thing, Jeff? <laughs> what do you mean? Well, drinking and... No, I'm taking bong and... hits. That's different. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's wildly <laughs> different. A joint, Gary? Come on. <laughs> yeah well i mean like i i had to watch this my first time i watched this movie i was very high and the second time i watched it stone sober because i felt right, like same. i had missed something same. i didn't miss much apparently but i felt like i'd missed something and when i that scene where paul Heyman explains the rules and i sort of understand okay they have to do the certain lap they got to go through the, the rabbit hole they got to do these things they got to throw it into the thing with enough thing that it lets off the fireworks here's and then how it thing, was explained and then, imme- and then immediately afterwards he says as the other rules, well, the other rules are Russian and complicated. Right. Right. Okay. That, okay. Do you guys, this is how the game was described to us by mm-hmm. the announcer, the expert. Mm-hmm. A team must circle the arena twice with possession before they can score. The ball must be held at all times, which mm-hmm. was not true at all no. through the course of this film. Player gear can only be used to dislodge the ball. Uh, a team gaining possession must first do the rabbit hole before they can score and gain enemy territory. I, I still don't get it. It's like, it, is he describing Axis and allies? Like this can't, this isn't a sport. There's nothing no. about this. Like, so you just get around the thing twice without somebody decapitating you. I also, guess? I don't remember seeing a lot of, a- there's the also people. a penalty box that's mentioned that never comes up again. Yeah. And two minutes for fighting. <laughs> I don't yeah. remember seeing very many players go through the rabbit hole other than Chris Klein. Like you've got right. these hulking, like eight foot tall people. It happens in twice. There, like giants. And it's like, you see the only people I think you actually see that happen is like Chris Klein. Cause he's a little squirrely guy. He's right. a little rabbit. And he's also the Believe best. Me. He's like the Michael Jordan of rollerball. Like, like he's a guy. Yeah. That, but also you know, they said he was a rookie at the beginning. But it, he was already known as the best guy. Yeah, so at in, the end, they're like in, the, the best, best guy, the yeah. best player in the history of the sport. And I was like, is the history this year? Is also, everybody a rookie? <laughs> what the fuck? What was the whole the whole thing where like it, it tracked the viewership? And the like global, that was a big thing. 
And I'm like, where are they watching? This is before the internet was what it was. It's 2002. So like internet was kind of bullshit. Right. This is the global instant rating. You're referring to. Instant rating. That's what it was. Yeah. Global instant rating. And why would a sport like this that takes place in like fifth world countries be broadcast anywhere? And then also, and get bored of it and be like, oh, not enough blood. I'll turn, I'll tune out. Or like, whatever. I have to assume that this is being broadcast on state TV for the most part in right. these countries. It's it seems like the only places where this film is be in this sport is being there's shown. a murky relationship between the Kazakhstani government issued like cops and the team. Yeah. Like they sort of are hand in hand, and it it sort of is like oligarchical i can't i don't maybe i'm saying that wrong there's an oligarchy in place. yeah yeah it's russian oligarchy i mean like the idea is that they're meant to be kind of post-soviet post-soviet right exactly but none of that is like explained or understood at all you just sort of have to know i guess the history of the former ussr and also that that it's really popular even though there's like 300 people in the stands but not popular mostly mostly minors mostly minors And I don't mean kids, people. I mean miners, like they work in mines. <laughs> the first violent incident, which we covered earlier, was the the man getting his head destroyed mm-hmm. by a giant metal ball. That rocketed the the ratings from eight million to thirty nine million, mm-hmm. which I assume they just tuned in because they were like, you know, they wanted to see what happened afterwards because that's not really how ratings work. Yeah, like you wouldn't like no one's getting alerted that that a uh, right. a disabled person. There's no call. cell phones back then. <laughs> there's no Twitter. There's no Twitter yeah, no. that says, "Hey, man, you, you need to turn like, on oh, the roller ball right game. now." They just killed a guy. Yeah, they just murdered a guy. They just killed ball. Brick Tamlin. Oh God! <laughs> oh poor Brick. Yeah. <laughs> sweet, sweet Brick. <laughs> yeah. The the fight the fights in Anchorman two make more sense than the fights. In no, this totally movie, for sure. The speeches in Anchorman two make more sense. It's, the song yeah. he sings to the dolphin makes more sense. Or the shark was it? I don't remember. Just, everything's in go ahead. <laughs> These two players believed they could just have conversations and like be with each other inside the place where all the cameras and listening recording devices are. Mm-hmm. This is where we talk about whether or not there's a conspiracy to kill players. That seemed more plausible than 95% of other things in this movie though. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like that, like I can't get over the locker room. Is, is, is like, oh, that, yeah, sure. They might overlook that. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, I think there's a certain amount of complacency on the part of the Americans that gets uh, kind of highlighted a number of occasions in this movie like aurora rebecca romance character is somebody who is clearly somebody who has existed in a post-soviet state yeah and, and a failed state in particular also and, works out without clothes on yes which is her prerogative I, i'm it not is, judging anybody for that I, it's not judgment i'm scared i don't you do seem to be like judgy you get hurt doing you, that you seem a little judgy though judgy yeah i think this is judgment <laughs> this is this is this truly is not we part. all benefited from the scene <laughs> uh, yeah sure yeah but so she understands like shut up you are here under like tyranny right you are in a place of tyranny right with like there's secret police there is this is like stasi this is like real let me, okay. stuff you cannot let be me around. ask you a question and the two americans are gibbering away at each other totally like, we're gonna make money 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 well to be fair that that's real that's 
That's basically what Americans do. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was the ugly American <laughs> syndrome. It was the same oh, yeah, yeah. ugly American syndrome. Just bring yeah. up that. I feel like of even though I feel like a lot of things in this film are unintentional in what they convey. I think that was clear. That was meant to happen when they go and they run into what could be a police officer, but it's never clear. The old guy they, that they falls break around. this guy's leg. They go to see a oh. friend of hers. Mm. But I don't, is that, who are they going to see and why does it matter? The guy that got her the footage is who they're going to see. That's who they're going to go see. But who was waiting for them? Somebody from that secret police. Somebody from that secret police. Well, we don't know for sure. Yeah. She just says, that guy might be police. Let's get out of here. Don't kill him, she says. And I'm like, well, first of all, you just like cracked his leg in two. (laughs) And this is one of the most, whole crowds are chanting this gentleman's name. Someone's going to recognize who you're talking about. What's his name again in the movie? It's like Jonathan. Jonathan. Jonathan Cross. I just yeah. like that they say his whole name is like, they're like Jonathan. A ton. Jonathan. They had Jonathan. it like phonetically on the Jonathan. screen for them to change. That's it from the first cool. movie. That's not a cool name. It's the same character name though, right? Yeah. Same character name. And like the crowds absolutely love Jonathan in the first movie. <laughs> That's like one of the only two things that like, there's very few things that resemble each other from movie to movie. He looks like a Jonathan, at least. Like, I yeah. believe his name is Jonathan. Both he of them. looks like Jonathan. Yeah. yeah. I want to go back to talking about LL Cool J. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because yes. Please. I, I think that one thing that I have kind of gathered from my experience with LL Cool J stuff, and obviously he's been on NCIS Los Angeles for like almost 15 years now. So he has an acting career. No question. He has that second act for him is extraordinary. But yeah. this is an actor with no range whatsoever. Yeah. Like an embarrassingly narrow range. Which is so we talking, see, who are we talking about? That a lot of people in this movie. I would say okay, that's cool. Typical. Like rappers, I find are either they're either naturally good actors or they can are they're the most myopic character. Like they can do one thing. Mm. Like like Snoop can be one person. Yeah. Uh mm. Dr. Dre can't be anyone. <laughs> like when he acts <laughs> LL can be one person like you know like obviously Tupac would had more range or uh, you know most oh, yeah my more God. range there's people that can actually act but like DMX DMX has such range DMX yeah oh, I, mean, man. DMX, yeah, I can't wait to watch DMX movies I mean DMX oh. is like if you watch like Belly versus like Romeo Must Die it's like yeah. there is there is enough space where yeah. like LL Cool J is just playing the same guy yeah. in like nearly all of these films it's like he's a he's he's confident mm-hmm. he's tough He's slick with the ladies, as per his monitor. Ladies love cool James. Yeah, correct. He, he, he never would want to play a bitch. You know, like no. he wants to play. He wants to well, be kind of fucks in every movie. Yeah. Oh, you're never gonna see LO Cool J do uncut gems. No. no. <laughs> that would be amazing. He's never gonna be a simpering. Uncut James, like loser. He's never gonna be that guy. James, Uncut James. <laughs> Ladies love Uncut. That's a different movie. Ladies love Uncut. That's a different James. film. Listen, I in this case, is that a song Ladies... on your next album? Yeah, Uncut Seven. James might be Uncut James. Well, my yeah, first name is actually James, so it kind of so works. So there we go. All right. <laughs> Uncut. That's James. absolutely perfect. Uh, in this case, ladies, <laughs> ladies love centrist James. Yeah, Ooh, because yes. throughout the movie. His character is is insistent upon being like, look, all we got to do is turn the other cheek while they crush the faces of innocent dudes, innocent mascots, and we'll get paid and everything mm-hmm. is going to be just fine. Yeah. Peachy Keen, Avril Lavigne, as soon as we get <laughs> out of here, we're going to be just fine. But it could have been like a Brittany Griner situation. 
Yeah, right. Like he's in Russia, or near, or somewhere like Russia. Somewhere in the yeah. Kazakh, the, Kaz- the Kazakh reason. And was it Kazakhstan? I know Mongolia was there, but was was it actually Kazakhstan? Was that ever said? I know they played a game there because the the graphic that they were talking about on on our screen went from Kazakhstan to Mongolia. Yeah, like, that's uh, they didn't right, say it out right. loud. So they never said what the country was, but they gave a visual representation of the Kazakh region. Was that the one that Pink played at? Because I know that was in Mongolia, but Pink made an appearance at a different one. Yeah, that's the one. It seemed like they were filming a video of hers off a TV and they just popped it in. (laughs) Like it wasn't really, she wasn't there. Yeah, there's a lot of that that goes on in the film. Like she's not there. When Slipknot perform, they were digitally added to the film. They were no not one. actually there in that really? hallway, alley, whatever the fuck that was. Oh. They were not actually. There. I was they were wondering about that, and they were digitally added to the film. That's a lot of money to like. Why, like, like I, again, like, like they really budgeted this so terribly. Yeah, it's a lot of money for two thousand one Slipknot. Yeah, like, it okay. is. All right, power. That's, that's a choice. But you know, it's like there was this whole idea, and like if you think about the films from that time period, especially these sort of things that were really pandering to a certain. Uh, demographic of sort of the young male action the yeah. type thing it, the use of new metal rap rock and rap metal yeah. those sorts of things were very very prevalent in so many of these films so it's just like it's a template you're working with a record label maybe the company that owns the studio also owns is part of warner or sony or one of the you know one of the big three and like there's synergies that go on to that. Oh, we got to put these guys on in this thing. So let's just like digitally add them to the film. And right. maybe that offsets the budget a bit. Maybe that maybe that works. Or maybe it's just a line item. Either way, the more you know about kind of how these ended up happening, the more you're just like, wow, that's really cynical. Those are really cynical choices. Yeah. In, in, the, the, in the original film, <laughs> the point of Rollerball is that we're at a corporatocracy worldwide that there are a handful of corporations that run everything and they're, they're called the executives. Mm. And the point of, of the sport is there's no more wars. They, they basically banned war because like it's the easiest way to transfer a giant amount of wealth to someone else. And they don't want to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. So war's gone. And the reason rollerball exists is that people have bloodlust still. Wait, so is this explained in the movie or did you read this somewhere? No, I watched this is known this is the James in the movie. Con, the 1974. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, yeah. This one has sort of a like last Boy Scout action nihilism to it. Where it's, it's just coherent, like, right? You know why the, the first this one? exists and why it's so brutal and violent. It's because you're a piece of shit. <laughs> that's why because humans are trash and they'll watch anything the, yeah. there was parallels with this in demolition man i'd say oh like, yeah like, oh you know, definitely like demolition man walked so this could crawl <laughs> yeah Fair. and like then like you think about like death race i mean again another 70s film that I got a 2000s that. remake you know um they, these are the sorts of things that they that they were drawing back on the sort of exploitation films of the 70s and the sort of dystopian approaches that people came up with you know like and again this is the 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 director of the original rollerball um was also the same director of the original thomas crown affair so like john mctiernan the director definitely mm. had a love for that director's work in some respect and, and enjoyed what he did well, he um, failed so at it because a, that movie looks amazing and yeah. this 
consistently looks like shit. It, it does not, not consistently it looks, it looks so bad. <laughs> it is like even things that look cool are shot in such a way that you don't get any enjoyment of them whatsoever. That's that I feel like you have to actively try to be as bad as this movie. That's what I'm saying. Like this movie's so bad mm-hmm. and it fails on every level. It's just like 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 at what point are they just like there, there's one guy who's not being rogue and be like, I'll just move the camera here so it looks good. <laughs> just can't. Or like or the scenes where like Chris Klein and LL are acting together and right, it's yeah. like a battle of just like two people who don't know what the fuck they're doing. Right. <laughs> it was uh, I mean, I just can't believe this thing got put out. Remember it, when it wasn't done. Remember when a, a member of the, the the state government just like held Romaine, Rebecca Romaine down by her, like stomping on her neck for like a good like eight minutes of the yeah. film. Yeah. <laughs> we just like yeah. continually came back like, oh, by the way, in case you forgot, we have trapped and are continuing to smother a woman in front of you. Yeah. In a televised sport. Horribly in- violent no rules melee internationally televised sports with an audience surrounding them right and she'd only just been traded from that home team right to this other team so everyone likes her in a way yeah yeah among the many ways this film disappoints is they don't even let or make jean renault's character the Russian oligarch who behind oh, yeah. all this. The they don't even make, yes, yeah, exactly. Leo, <laughs> the professional. Leo, the professional. <laughs> that guy in Ronin who isn't Ronin. Yeah, like that sort of Ugh. thing is, they don't let him be. They give him these moments of crazy, but it never gets the level of like a Nicolas Cage rage no. situation or an Al Pacino chewing the scenery situation. There's but like those one guys moment. had the There's... benefit of like a decent script. Yeah. And the things he was saying were just so dumb and maudlin. Like he's just not prepared for that. But like, I mean, it's kind no. of funny. How can you make those lines sizzle? There's one moment where he he definitely gets to like towards that. And I was hoping when it would be more like it. And that's the scene where he ends up talking to some cable TV exec from some Jesus. third world country. And he's yeah. like yelling at it for being on channel 106. And he's just like, he pulls out a gun on the exec in a crowded room, and he says, we are on channels one through five. I'll disappear your whole family. I'll yeah. kill you right here. It's like, no. So that's, that, I thought that, the first please. time I More watched it, that. I thought that was a threat. But it turns out he was like mad at those dudes because they put, they're the executives of television. Yeah. That's what you should know. Yeah, but they run no one, no one <laughs> explains any of it really. Yeah. But like their their shit is like way up in the cable numbers where people aren't going to be seeing all the time. Oh, uh, yeah, wants to be on channel one through five. Five, yeah. Which and it it all points to like this is two thousand four. Cable is a well established mm-hmm. thing. People watch cable networks a lot at this point, and yeah. the. The weirdest thing about this movie is that it treats television like it's 1995. <laughs> that there's only like three channels. Like that Fox are just watching. started. Yeah. yeah. Fox that there's just, yeah. like four Ooh, channels. A new network. Yeah. And so if something crazy happens, maybe you could swing an audience by 31 million viewers <laughs> in 30 seconds. Yeah. Maybe. But like it's not 1954, it's 2002. Well, does this take place in the future? 
No, that's the fucked up part. Like versus the like the original Rollerball. Supposed to be right like when you were the, watching it. <laughs> original Rollerball comes out like like two thousand. It comes out and it's meant to be about two thousand eighteen. This right. one is meant to be like two thousand five. Like it's like barely future. It's like not it's even post, like it's, it's like post nine eleven. It's post nine eleven. Post nine eleven. Barely. <laughs> although it was fil- Although it was filmed pre nine eleven. That's the thing oh, to okay. keep in mind. Filmed in two thousand two thousand. Bombed the test screenings in two thousand one reshoots well we we invented buried in a february 2002 release everyone knew that in 2005 we would have global instant rating systems everywhere (laughs) yes everyone was going to have that appear on tandy 1000 (laughs) screens radio shack computer screens i the the technology is confusing (laughs) in this movie oh my god everything is the game is not good but i will say that I'm going to say this. I, I, I'm i going to defend it on, on okay. one point. I'm going to defend it on one point. Yeah. And that is when I watch it the second time on my sober viewing. Uh-huh. Now I, I realized that, again, this is the fault of the editing. This is the fault of how poorly the script is done. But this is not a movie about the sport and these guys' personal issues. And this. Right. this is a movie about post-Soviet tyranny mm-hmm. and how it needs a dose of American freedom to get through it. Very jingoistic, very much of that sort of thing. And it is exemplified by kind of. the the bloody match that happens, the no rules match, where you know it's just Chris Klein getting the shit kicked out of him. And then like the, right. the crowd gets behind him, team gets behind him. And suddenly now you're just like, oh my God, like the miners are talking back to the fucking state police guys. Now they're scared. It's like, did this Chris Klein just start a revolution? Did this he just start a revolution in this little maybe Kazakhstan? <laughs> like, and then suddenly, like, so watching that on the second round, I'm like, I have been paying attention to the wrong things this entire time. This is actually about Americans going to foreign countries and sparking regime change. You know, it's funny you say that because I, I wrote the last thing I wrote down was, wait, did Chris Klein uh, end communism? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As they're getting on the back of that truck to go somewhere, (laughs) to go somewhere in fucking Mongolia, to deal with his wounds, (laughs) to deal with his wounds, and then also as Rebecca Romaine's Aurora says, uh, to uh, basically have sex and to smash. Yeah, they're gonna like that's wonderful ending. Like, I want them to, I want them to smash. I'm not like anti-smash here. Do do what you feel. It's a do what you feel on my end of it. But what I'm saying, I'm not anti-smash. What I'm saying is. Maybe it's not like I just got the shit kicked out of me by 11 dudes. Then I had to shoot some people and get in a bunch of fights. I'm uh, I've been shot. Maybe he was maybe in the I like, like need it. Like, yeah, like maybe yeah. we like run to the hospital. Maybe I get some rest before we before we get you down. You put some iodine um, on these moments. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right? Right. I just need team, to like back I just need to like lay down back. and yeah, make yeah, sure right. I'm still breathing for a while. <laughs> it would be better if you checked on me at this point. Yeah. Rather than I mean the the, the alternative of that of that would be the movie goes another 15 minutes and then you see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> right. Honestly, I'm down. I want to see like that, that would, would have been, been the most interesting thing. Yeah. It's like, okay, what are you gonna do with this bloody stump of a human? <laughs> when you get him home yeah i mean it's gonna be wild that's gonna be uh that's gonna be fucking infinity pool right? one of those things. that's a that is a cronenberg yeah saving for the sequel <laughs> oh yeah right yeah that's coming it's uh, it's wild it's wild to me because like 
they are really trying to get very heavy handed with it and sort of in sort of my bad movie B movie mode comes on and I go like, Oh, actually like now that I understand what they're trying to do, or at least somebody involved this was trying to do this, like shot heard round the world, the goal heard round the world is the revolution is the thing that has people rising up. Did he score a goal? Yes. Are you talking metaphorically? He scored a goal by jumping into genre. Like, but like not literally because no, to, to my knowledge, through the, through the end of the, I'm just going to tell it. I'm going to tell it like it is. The that's end what? of the rollerball season was a draw. And that sucks. <laughs> well, it wasn't. I mean, that was I, look, to I'm not. I'm, it was just the quarterfinals too. So it actually. Well, then how do we season. know who advanced? Again, well, see, where, ended, where is the, the rules ended. organization here, Gary? I need to hear from the IRC, the International Rollerball Collective <laughs> on this. Get the just, IRC heads on the phone and let's get some answers. It's it's funny to me that this was like a, you know, it's a sport. It's, it's you know, basically a sports movie, even though it is about communism. Uh, but it's a sports movie. And there's, you know, this build up the climactic. And, you know, in sports movies, the ending is usually the the big, you know, delivers. Yeah. Right. Uh, mind you, it's playing a sport that makes no sense. Mm-hmm. And everything that happens is pretty. Arbitrary. I don't know who was winning to begin with, so I'm like, assuming they tied. Was, was, was there any point a score? Was there a score ever anywhere that was visibly displayed? Did you ever see a scoreboard in this game? Holly oh, dangerously was taking notes. I know that he was taking notes, yeah. perhaps. But I mean, I guess like it's whoever wins is the same. Because like it almost didn't matter who won or lost in this sort of thing. That wasn't the purpose of this, other than so on a local. Here's level, another. Like, this is like my major. The oligarchs question, didn't care, and maybe you can answer it. Why is this guy killing all his players? This is his team. This is a marketable product. They're very good. They came into the first game seven and three. Then we never heard anything about their record ever again. <laughs> but we know they made the playoffs. We know that like the, the stadium keeps well, do you filling up. He's, he's like, Why are you trying to kill? Do you, these do you remember the part where he's like, he's like, he's like, we have the replacements ready. He says something yeah. to that effect. He's where he's like, he's like, yeah, we'll we'll kill all these guys, and then we got you know, the, the other guys, like the scabs mm. come in. And that was, uh, that I remember being like, huh, just, okay. you keep killing people. Like at some point the Chris Klein turns to Jean Renault. Did I say that right? Jean Reno, Jean Renault. Well, uh, <laughs> he turns to this man. He says, no, no, don't kill her. Just trade her to the other, to another team. Yes. Yes. Like he has to stop this guy from murdering his players. And I truly don't understand the reasoning behind this. Disposable. <laughs> Just disposable. I, I, are, that flies in the face of all I know about athletics yeah. that you're like willing to kill the great, the, you just said the greatest to ever play the game. <laughs> Well, that's the thing. On, like in his first year in the league, <laughs> I don't want to see the potential that this guy has. Kill him. Um, it, it's such a it's such a non-sport, though, that it's like, I think the athletics kind of fly out the window. <laughs> I can I can do that. You know. Gary. Yes, Jeff. That's the last thing I ever want to say about rollerball. I never, I never want to talk about rollerball again. Same.
And we got to thank Blockhead for being a good sport. Thank you, Blockhead. Thank you. This. You, you, we owe you the world. Appreciate you. When are we watching a DMX movie? That is a great question. When are we watching oh my a DMX God. movie? You know, we were saying earlier how, you know, we were coming into this not realizing that Rollerball was going to be as bad as it was. And right. really, clearly, we have to watch something good. Another PSA next. here. We None of us had ever seen this. No, all the we way, had. All the way across the board. We thought this was going to be a fun, but we got silly B movie. It. That was a bad. That was a bad zone. We got to get back in the good zone. Bad all around. And again, we're not trying to intentionally DMX. watch bad movies. DMX. And DMX, DMX has so many things. I, I mean, he has this fantastic run of action films. Yeah. You and I saw Belly in the theater some months back. I used to have it on DVD uh, back when you bought DVDs. But we saw it in in the theater uh, at uh, Metrograph. And it was so amazing to see that hype Williams. Yes. Your magic for the opening scene uh, in the White House. Yeah. Uh, just all the way through and through. And DMX was fantastic film. A delight the entire time. Absolutely. Renewed my want to see more DMX on screen. Yeah. Nah, it's a bit of a wet noodle there to kind of deliver some long winded sure. expository. Well, stuff, I don't want to, I don't want to leave out the idea that we could just like watch belly for the for the pod sometimes oh and i think I that's definitely in play but you know i almost like, feel like i truly like love that film as tempted as i would be to say that we should do belly for this episode yeah um i, I don't feel like do belly for dmx's episode no i think maybe we need to look a little bit into like his like action career you know that sort of right. like romeo must die cradle to the grave like that sort of world cradle to the grave. I, yeah i mean look we've got like I haven't seen it either. I don't think. So why don't we do Credit for the Grave? If I remember correctly, I don't, I don't, it's spelled with the two, right? Yeah, the number two. Cradle to the Grave. Yes. And that was confusing. Is it, is it a sequel? It's not a sequel, is it? I don't think so. I don't think it's a sequel to the other one. Because there's a giant two in the middle of it. And that's like what people do when they make a second of something. They put a giant two. Yeah, but I think this is more like a two, two, like a backwards baseball cap. Right. It's like Poochie. Mm. It's like the Kung Fu hippie from Gangster City. Tradle to the grave. To the grave. And it has to be better than Rollerball, right? Like, I mean, like, just the odds of it being worse than Rollerball, I we can't were, imagine. We were the fools to be pitied yeah. in this situation. It's true. Gary, you got me going crazy. Rollerball, rollerball. I've been singing that in my head all day. I'm so sorry that I shared that. I wish you hadn't. It's the Cabbages Podcast Network. <laughs>